Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. I'm Matthew Knight, and this is In Your Embrace Daily. Friends, in today's Gospel reading, we finally hear from our blessed Lord these long-expected words. The hour has come. For weeks now, from the tail end of Lent through this first week of Passion Tide, we've been hearing multiple stories from throughout St. John's Gospel where Jesus comments that his hour has not yet come. We hear it from the very beginning of St. John's Gospel, from the first sign that Jesus works at Cana in Galilee, that beautiful sign of transforming water in secret into wine within the great stone jars. When Mary first comes to Jesus at that wedding to tell him that they have no wine, his response to her is, My hour has not yet come. And then similarly, last week when we heard about Jesus going up to the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem, when his kinsmen were urging him, Go up! No man who wants to be known does his works in secret, so go up to the feast and tell them all who you are. Jesus replied, My hour has not yet fully come. And many other occasions throughout St. John's Gospel, Jesus makes this reference to his hour, that is, especially the hour of his passion, of his crucifixion. We can see this, this hour, metaphorically understood, within Jesus' life as the events on which we are embarking now, liturgically. We are on the threshold of Holy Week, this most sacred week of the Christian year, this week during which we accompany Jesus in his, his entrance into Jerusalem, as we heard at Mass today, and we know where this will lead. This entrance into Jerusalem, which is triumphant, with the people coming out and throwing down palm branches at his feet to make a royal road for him to enter the city, crying out, Hoshiana, Hoshiana, that means be a savior to us. They're acknowledging him as the Messiah, Jesus, son of David, they cry out, because the Messiah is to be born of the house of David. They throw down the palm branches because the Messiah is the new Davidic king, the new king, priest, and prophet. And Jesus, in a way, acknowledges their messianic expectations because he's riding into Jerusalem on a colt, on the son of a donkey, fulfilling that messianic prophecy that the Messiah would enter the royal city on a donkey's foal, a colt. So he's fulfilling all of the prophetic words by which Jesus had long, by which the Jews, excuse me, had long expected their Messiah. Yet, we know very well where this week is going. This week leads inexorably to Good Friday. This week leads inexorably to the cross and the royal road laden with palm branches through which Jesus enters the gates of the great city of Jerusalem, that faithless city, that city of vipers who will welcome the Lord with open arms only to put him to death. That same royal road, Jesus will very soon be following in the opposite direction, outside the gates, leaving the city for the final time, weighed down beneath the weight of the royal wood of the cross, 
as he ascends to Mount Calvary to face his doom. So these days of Holy Week, they are a strange mix of joy and sorrow. Indeed, although this is strange to the world, it's not strange to us as Christians. Because this belongs to the mystery of suffering. Ever since our Lord suffered his passion during these days, many thousands of years ago, the Christian has always understood suffering to be a mixture of, of, yes, true sorrow and of pain, which we must never forget or treat with glibness or pass over. It's true pain, true suffering. Yet the mystery of suffering also contains within it a kernel of hope and a true cause for joy. And the joy is as true as the sorrow. And today in the gospel reading that we heard, this beautiful reading from St. John, we see them both equally present before our eyes. On the one hand, we see the people acknowledging Jesus as their true king. These crowds of the Jews are recognizing their king, their Messiah, their Lord, their Savior. Hoshiana, be our Savior, as indeed he is. And even the Gentiles are coming to worship Jesus. We hear about these, these very first Greeks who come up to the Apostle Philip. He had this great honor. The first of the Greeks came up to him and asked to come and see Jesus. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And so here we see the beginnings of the church. These are the first Gentile converts who are coming to worship their God. And Jesus' enemies are in a panic. They don't know what to do. They're becoming desperate. They're saying, if he goes on like this, the whole world will come to follow him. As indeed we ardently pray that it will. But as I said, the flip side of the joy that we see is the sorrow that we know is all too soon to come. Yet even within the sorrow which is pressing in on this day, to which this triumphal entry inexorably leads, within that sorrow there is the great hope that this is the hour for which Jesus came. His whole life has been leading to this hour. This is the reason for which he came into the world. We can see in Jesus' own words an expression of this, this dual mystery of suffering, the pain and the hope. On the one hand, in his humanity, Jesus says, What then shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? And we should hear in his words the strain of his own human will. Because remember, Jesus is a divine person. But he took on our full human nature, everything which is human except for sin. He possessed entirely, perfectly. He had a human will as well as his divine will. And so that human will, although it was perfectly obedient to his divine will, Jesus allowed, if you want to say it this way, he permitted his humanity the full expression of everything that is human. <laughs> and so what is that theological truth mean in normal, everyday terms? Well, look at what he says in today's gospel. In his humanity, he's feeling fear. He's feeling reluctance 
to go to certain death. What then shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? In his humanity, surely he's crying out, Yes, Father, save me from this hour. It is good. It's a natural good for life to continue. Death is an evil, a natural evil from which our natures shy away and flee. But ah, Jesus knows the will of his Father. He knows the goodness of that will. He knows the reason for which he became man. And in his divine will, he intends to carry through his life to the end for which he came. His will is unshaken and indeed unshakable. He is intent on reaching the cross. That's why St. Luke says in beautiful terms that Jesus set his face like flint toward Jerusalem. And in St. John's Gospel, we see this too with the constant references to the hour. Throughout all the days and weeks and months and years of his earthly life, Jesus is intent on reaching a single hour, this hour, at which we are now on the threshold. So my friends, during these days of quarantine, as we enter Holy Week, in many ways our own suffering is also reaching a kind of a peak. They say that the coronavirus has not yet reached its peak. It continues to escalate. And at some time, hopefully in the near future, we will begin to see a decline in the number of cases, but we've not reached it yet. Likewise, in our liturgical year, as we journey with Jesus toward his passion, things continue to escalate. We've not yet reached the climax. And our own suffering in our hearts continues to escalate too. Who among us does not desire ardently to be closer united to him during these holiest of days. And yet we cannot. We cannot join ourselves to the Mass except from home on our computers. God knows our sorrow as the Father knew the sorrow of his Son in his humanity. Yet he invites us also to a strange, mysterious, yet true joy in the midst of this pain. The joy is that our suffering may be joined fruitfully to the suffering of the Son of God. And so as we go into prayer and as we unfold our hearts before the Lord this week, as we share with Him the depths of our hunger and our thirst, our desire to be with Him, our sorrow at being absent, our contrition for our sins and the many ways in which we have failed and continue to fail to love and to obey Him and to love our neighbors and our families and our friends. As we unfold all of these sorrows of our hearts before Him, let us remember that He carried them first for us during these days. On the long road to Calvary, he bore the weight of all of our sins and all of our miseries. And in a few days, when we will see him raised up above the earth on that royal throne of the cross, we will know the truth of the words which he promised to us today. 
Behold, when the Son of Man is lifted up, He will draw all things to Himself. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, may You come soon, and may You draw us like iron filings to the magnet of Your most sacred heart. May you draw us to yourself, to the mystery of Calvary, that we may be joined to you in the mystery of your resurrection and your divine life. May God bless you, now and ever and forever. Amen.